Hello, Duke fans. Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Got a special guest with us uh, today. Got Ryan Woman from the Duke Nation. Um, before I introduce him, jumped the gun a little bit. This is our 75th episode with the three of us. So just shout outs to all you for, for following us, for giving us a shot, for letting us kind of pick this thing up and run with it. Ryan, before I hand it to you, talk to us a little bit about Duke Nation, but then talk about like, when did you start following Duke? Has this been a family thing? Did you go rogue? Like, what's your relationship been like with uh, Duke basketball? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up, I born and raised in Minnesota here. Um, and I, the way I got started watching Duke was through my grandma was a huge Coach K fan in the late 90s when he was, when Duke got really good and she just loved watching sports. And so I, uh, be at her place watching Duke whenever they were on. And that's kind of how it started and kind of went rogue after that. I'm the only one in my family who's really a diehard. Uh, my wife now enjoys watching and my my son's named Cameron. So I hope to have a little buddy someday watching uh, Duke games with me. But that's kind of how it started. I, I mean, you could probably say as a little kid, I hopped on the bandwagon. They were good and it just kind of turned into an obsession. Uh, everybody in high school knew me as a Duke fan and everything, like especially being from Minnesota. There's not many of them up here so is kind of mm-hmm. that's how, how i stood out um and then come uh circa 2012 is when i was sitting in my college dorm up in north dakota state up in fargo and literally was always tweeting on my personal account no one cared from high school about duke so i was like screw it i'm gonna make a page and i just typed in the duke nation or i typed in duke nation that was taken so I typed in the duke nation and and the rest is kind of history it's just been a wild ride following it and um the people I've met and the the connections I've made along the way is something I never would have dreamed of when I started it almost uh, 11 years ago now. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, you mentioned your grandma kind of started following Coach K. Um, you know, Duke and Minnesota doesn't have a huge connection, but there is a little significance about Minneapolis, 92. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe that spurred her into the joining the Leitner and K staff. Yeah, it absolutely helped. And that was the bummer of when they when they came back, I believe, in 2018 for the Final Four. And it was Zion's year. And it was ever like the stars were aligned for me to go watch Duke in the Final Four. We don't need to go into how that ended, but like it was perfect. This would have been so fitting. Um, but yeah, I've got connections there. And then also the the Jones brothers and Gary Trent. And um, hopefully the list can continue to grow there. But it, it became pretty cool there in the late 2010s to see some guys that I had watched in person uh, end up playing at Duke and obviously now are having a ton of success in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a little pipeline there for a few years with Jones and Trent was was uh, Matt Hurt, was he from up around that way too? Yeah, Matt Hurt was, he was Southern Minnesota, so like an hour or two away, but never saw him play in person. But yeah, another one, I think we got four or so in the last couple of years that have came from here. So, and then Jalen Johnson, next door neighbor in Wisconsin. So um, I don't know if you guys all claim him or not, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to still claim him from the Midwest. I guess yeah. not as much as like Chris Humphreys, right? Was he from up there? Or did he yep, yep. Oh man, yeah. he is the hometown hero up here, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, we, we, somewhat had him bagged for a minute i think until the uh infamous in-home visit there that yeah did not get into that super well yeah (laughs) um um, well obviously you know we it's been kind of talked about forever this year but 
John Shire's first season. Talk a little bit, kind of what stood out to you? What was your takeaway? A little bit of an up and down year. Um, did it meet your expectations? Were you surprised by any of that? What was your kind of just general thoughts on that? Yeah, I think overall, just like pleasantly surprised. I thought throughout the year, uh, up until like January or mid February, it was kind of like, what, what is going on here? I wasn't sure like what the, the team didn't have an identity. The players, I wasn't sure had any specific identity or roles in the team, which was frustrating at the time, but to see Shire and the staff kind of flip a switch and, and make adjustments. And I don't know, I don't know what caused the delay in that, but the fact that they did come around and, and make um, some changes with Proctor being the main ball handler, moving Roach off the ball, like some stuff like that. And then how they utilize lively as the team got healthier. I think it just made them more comfortable with making those adjustments. So I think the the biggest thing I take away is that it's just promise going forward. I have no concerns in the coaching staff and the way they handled things, um, especially once the team got very healthy and, and that showed with the success they had in March and um, and in late February. So pleasantly surprised, um, was a little eerie there for a little bit, but the way they came around at the end, I was, I was happy about. Yeah. Yeah. To the point where almost like, I think at the beginning of the year, if we would have got to the round of 32, you're a four seed or you're a five seed, you lose to the four seed. You probably take that and say, okay, you know, that's a pretty good year. But by the end of the year, it, that almost became disappointing because we had all that momentum and we really thought that it, it kind of seems like, man, if we had just just gotten past Tennessee, that thing really opens up and you got a chance to do something special there. Um, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get another shot at it. So for you, was there any difference in terms of like how you were approaching like your coverage of Duke with John being there his first year compared to Kay or just in terms of just how you were kind of analyzing anything? What did that look like or was it different at all? Yeah, I'd love to say I tried to be more patient. I'm sure my tweets would say otherwise, just like <laughs> trying to let them and the young team uh, come into their own. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly how I was like in, in December and January completely. Um, but like in the back of my mind, I was always like, just be patient, just be patient. Like this is literally, I've never experienced this before in my life. I've, I haven't been, I wasn't around before Coach K, so I don't really know uh going through a coaching change like this, especially one where the coach was around for so long. Like I just told myself to continue to be patient, but um, it's tough to do, man, when you're used to the successes that this team, that this program has had with young guys off the rip right away. Uh, it's tough to be patient, but yeah. uh, you have to look at every roster that Duke puts out there every year is, is quite a bit different. And so when you have that coupled with a new coaching staff or new coach, and then uh, a couple new staff members, it's, you got to be patient. And I think a lot of Duke fans, including myself at times, struggled with that. But um, and then sure. we all learned from it a little bit. And going forward, uh, I'm sure the expectations will be the same. Yeah. Was the actual coaching change? We talked about it a little bit on this pod. Um, it it didn't feel as like monumental or awkward or like so foreign that we kind of thought it would. You know, the first time John walks out, we're so used to seeing Kay, maybe because it was John and he was like kind of one of us. Was that like, did, did you have any visceral reaction the first time you saw John or did, was it, did you kind of track how we are or what was your kind of like thought process yeah. on that? Yeah, I think I was in line with you guys. I think you're right. If, if they brought in somebody from outside the program who like I maybe watched a couple times during the year, I'm just going to throw out a random name. Like it, I was thinking of Porter Moser for some reason when you were talking about like a new guy going to a different program. Um, and trying to build them up. I had no idea why that name came to my mind, but like somebody <laughs> like random out of the blue that you only watch a couple of times a year, trying to come in and turn a program around just wasn't that situation. And uh, seeing Shire, he had coached what two games as a head coach, as an interim head coach at one point. So like, it wasn't super foreign. 
Um, and I, I don't know if it was like seeing guys like like Roach around and and just the atmosphere of Cameron the first couple of times he came out that that didn't make it seem like much of a difference or much of a change. Um, but still weird. And, and the, when Coach K came back for his first game, mm. that to me, I think, is when it hit me like this is weird. This doesn't feel right. And where he was sitting and everything. I don't know that that whole thing to me it didn't was look more right weird either. Than, yeah. yeah, it's just <laughs> that was more weird to me than when Shire came out for the first time, I think. Yeah, he looked really uncomfortable, and then we kind of stuck him over there behind the brass and everything. Oh, so didn't like, they put him by the band? Yeah, yeah, he's right there with the, the brass. Band, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know would him being behind the bench be a better like optics for the fans. But obviously, being there, you don't want you don't want John Shire looking back and seeing Coach K. But like, even from I don't know where they could have put him where fans would have been comfortable. I think like we've just never seen him anywhere else in the stadium, so it's going to be yeah. awkward for people to see. I wish they would have put him up in the press box and put him on like the color commentary or like some sort of, even if it was a brief, just kind of like, he wouldn't probably do that, but there's no, no boxes in Cameron. There's no suites in Cameron, right? You're not able to get the Pat Riley treatment over there. Um, Don't really want to sit in Mickey's seats. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. Man, it would have been, been, it been yeah. cool though. It would have been cool though. Now that you say that to have him and he'll never do it obviously, but to have him like come in for five minutes and commentate during between TV timeouts, uh, and give his breakdown of like what he's seeing. That'd be cool, but yeah, uh, ain't going to happen. No, nah, you got to pay a uh, pretty big bucks to watch a game with K these days. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, for a good sure. cause, for a good cause, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, let's, let's kind of pivot a little bit here. Let's talk with some about the off season stuff. Um, for the first time in quite a while, we have multiple returners from a freshman class. That's very foreign. I think we had talked about it on here. You have to go back like way back and I, th I we didn't fact check it but i think we were saying like almost paulus mcroberts in terms of the last time you had multiple high-ranked freshmen coming back for a second season we've had one or so do that um but to get kyle filipowski mark mitchell tyrese proctor what does that say to you about maybe the future of the program the shift in culture or do you think it was just this class it seems to be something that hopefully could be sustainable yeah, Shire talks about, and he talked about over the weekend at EYBL, I think, talking to Brendan Marks with the, at the Athletic about trying to recruit guys that are going to be, that are going to continue this uh, multi-year uh, player um, retention program that they're going to try to put together and couple that with transfers and guys with experience. I, I love that, man. And I think that it'll be interesting to see how Duke fans go about um accepting that because a lot of people are like oh i want these four-year guys i want four-year guys and i want older guys well there's growing pains that come with that like it's if you're going to recruit four-year guys they're not going to be the zions and the rjs in their first years it's going to take a little bit to build that up so there might be some more down years in between but i think with nil and with the transfer portal the way they are you might be able to mitigate that a little bit just based on keeping better talent around like you wouldn't wouldn't have before nil um, but I, I'm excited for it. I think it um, it's the smart move for the program to go down. I think like when they hired uh, Rachel Baker as their GM, like that was a pro move right there, being one of the first to do that. And and that kind of you could see the vision starting to come together there with wanting to keep players around, set them up for success while at Duke. Um, and that that makes me super excited. I I have no issues with that. Um, but I I still think that, that and, and like Shire said, that doesn't mean they're not going to go after the best freshmen that they can go after, the best sure. seniors or whatever, the best players in high school. It just means that you're trying to when the other ones that you bring in, you're going to be trying to talk them in or not talk them into, but relay the fact that you want them there for multiple years. And if some players don't like that idea, it's just probably not going to be a good fit then. Sure, sure. And you can always still have a one and done. Um, personally, I'm with you. I think. 
the four year thing is a little bit just one. I just don't think it's realistic at all, especially when you throw the portal not into today. that dynamic. Yeah, not today. It's done. You're looking at recruiting yeah. three star guys is what you would have to do is recruit a class of yeah. three star guys to go through what 82 and 83 and all that looked like to get there. Um, I think though, really a two and done model would just be like, I'm be, I'd be all in with that. You get that extra year and you're getting those like top 10, 15, 20 ish kind of guys to just stick one more year. And maybe you get maybe one of those. Like if we get one of these three to enter that junior year, then to me, it's a success. And then you're just golden. I don't think you can hope for anything much more than that. Um, it just the way the, the dynamic is. Um, but what about Jeremy Roach? So Roach comes back, basically the one of only two guys returning from that, that team. Um, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast and something that I don't think Roach got enough credit for is just for coming back as a junior, especially after losing in the final four to Carolina. I'm sure his DMs were just kind of loaded and like everything that went into that. Um, talk to me a little bit about just kind of what Jeremy Roach was like watching him this year, be a captain as a junior year, maybe on the fence about coming back again, but what was Jeremy Roach like for you this year? Did he meet that expectation of junior captain? Uh, to answer that last question, to be frank, no, but I think I and Duke fans probably had higher expectations than we should have. And and you made mm-hmm. a great point. Like if you look back at Jeremy Roach's final four run, Everybody on that team left. Like he had no reason. The final four run, everybody who was with him and in his class is gone. Like he had no reason really to come back besides the fact that he wasn't going to get drafted. I I get that. And he could have gone and started his pro career. But the fact that he just came back after that, to me, says a lot about who Jeremy is as a person. And and I love that. But um, I think everybody was hoping for like a big leap when he came back. And I, I don't personally think he took that um, from a st- statistical standpoint. I don't think he, on paper he did either. But um from a leadership standpoint, I think he did. I think um, being able to again get taken off the ball um, late in the season and be and be the two the two guard, it helped the team. But also, like there's areas where it hurts the team. He can't defend as well. Um, he wasn't. It, we need a guy who's going to be a two guard who can shoot a little bit better and more consistently. I personally think Roach can do that. I think he can be a really great shooter. Um, defensively, I'm not sure just based on his size, but. Shooting wise, I think he can improve that. So if he does come back, I'd be excited to see and, and hope for a, a better shooting season. Um, but yeah, I, I think my expectations were a little too high. And I think a lot of Duke fans were after his March run. He had, I think, if I remember right, when we were doing shows last year, talking about his success in March, like it was only a couple games and some big shots that he hit. I, I'm not trying to discount what he did. There was, nope. He hit a lot of huge shots, but it wasn't like he went off all what six games or five games for 25 plus points. He had big shots and big moments, but um, I think we overhyped that performance a little bit too much. Yeah. I mean, he was still averaging maybe like 12 or 13 points for that tournament run. So it was in line with his season averages. It was just a little bit better efficiency. I did think he had a good final two months last year. It was just that he started out really rough, but yeah, I don't know if it was a toe injury or what, but he seemed to get it together late. Uh, what impact do you think it would have if he does return? Because all indications are kind of that he will. I don't, you know, I'm not, this is not any insider information. It's just kind of based on his draft stock and what his opportunities are. It gets a little tight, doesn't it? You know, you have three other guards really that need to play. And how do you think Shire would manage that? Do you think he'd uh, play smaller or what would he do? 
man, that's the million dollar question right now. And I don't think it's being talked enough about by Duke fans on social media, at least uh, on Twitter. Um, that's if Roach comes back, man, it throws a wrench into a lot of things. And that's where rumors have already been swirling about. Are we going to lose Foster if Roach comes back? Yep. Because that's Roach is going to demand. And I'm sure Shire will give 20 plus minutes a game and that lessens um, Foster's role and probably McCain's role by five to 10 minutes a game as well. So, I think you're right. I, I think I'll, there's no reason for him besides just being done with school and wanting to move on with his life. He's not going to get drafted. Uh, maybe you get picked up to go to the G League. So I, I think it throws a wrench into things. Shire showed last season that he does favor veterans. Um, Grandison played a lot of minutes, maybe I'd say probably five or so minutes per game more than I would have liked. Ryan Young, we obviously know mm-hmm. how that experience went. I'm for the record on the Devil's Den, I, I'm a fan of Ryan Young. I think he fits perfectly against a lot of teams, but he also doesn't fit perfectly against a lot of teams as well. So like a lot mm-hmm. of the athletic bigs and, yeah. and guys who can uh, basically he's good against guys like himself. Yeah, it, with guards that can that can make plays. Um, it's tough. But so anyways, Shire showed that he loves playing the veterans. I think if Roach comes back, he's going to get more time than he probably should. Um I hope if he comes back, it doesn't mean we lose a guy like Foster, though. That's like my biggest hope. I'm, I love Jeremy Roach coming back. Don't lose Foster. Yeah, I mean, it's depending on Foster's pro prospects. If you lose a player that might stay for two or three years for one year of Roach, clearly that's not a trade-off you want to make. So we got to find a way to kind of, if Roach does come back, ensure that Foster gets an opportunity. And I think you kind of have to play some three-guard lineups in that situation. I don't know. You know what's funny to me, just being on Twitter, some of the, and kind of, Ryan, you brought it up earlier a bit about it. I see a lot of people who don't like the one-and-done models but are ready to push Roach out in favor of making sure that Foster's here. And I'm like, well, you can't, you know, I I just find it, it's, yeah, the people that will tell you we don't like the one-and-dones, but then they'll sit there and, you know, give Jeb and Delarier, you know, whatever crap all day. And I'm like, this is, this is a four-year guy. This is, you know, that's what they look like. You're not, yeah, yeah, that's that's what they they look look like. like Zion's not here for four years because he's been in the NBA the last year. Right, right. You don't think they can. He wants senior Grant Hill. That's what you want. Just say that. Don't say you want four-year guys. (laughs) Say, I want 92 Duke, right? Like, that's what (laughs) you want. Like, And you just don't get that anymore. I mean, that's, I think with Roach, I think, to answer a little bit of Raul's question, I think this is jumping ahead is you just cut the portal off. If he comes back, you, you, you don't go add that big and flip. I don't know if you're, if you just don't want to play the five or if John just wants a shot bunker there, but if Roach comes back, big fella, you're the five, like you just gotta be And Mark's got to slide down yeah. and that you gotta play probably Proctor Roach and one of Foster McCain there. I mean, Foster at 6'5", 6'5", and Rhodes. And I want Foster to play a lot, dude. I'm yeah, really high on yeah, Foster personally. Too. I think he's a bucket. I think he's got that chip. He's got the frame to yep. be really good defensively. He can be yep. a secondary initiator for you and creator. Um, the three-point shot has really came around and looked well. I mean, he looks like a pro, I mean, to be honest with you. So it, it would be a tough sell, I think, um, to ask him – to maybe come off the bench, or I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully I don't get paid to make those decisions. So I'll let that kind of play out, but it does seem like uh, Roach probably would be better off in Durham than testing anything. Unless he just wants to go, then if you just want to go, then that's fine too. But uh, yeah, that's like the interesting thing is I'm, I I don't want to say I would love to have Roach come back, but the the role that he has to play, I think has to be a role he can accept. Like I, I personally think I'd love to see, uh, foster start even if roach comes back it's 
probably not going to happen, but having a, I'm never going to say no to a veteran coming back unless it's just somebody that doesn't make any sense, but I, I would love to have Roach back. Don't lose Foster, keep Foster in the rotation, or at least in the starting lineup would be my goal. But that three guard lineup scares the hell out of me. If I'm being honest with you with, with Roach being one of those guys, just from a size standpoint and defending, um, cause it can't McCain's, small from a height wise he's a bigger body obviously but um you it has to be foster proctor and and yeah. roach and defensively and then you'd have mitchell and flip and yeah I, i'm not in love with that i live with it but not in love with it yeah i'd hate to see him go to the portal i'd hate to see a caleb love situation if you know if you're gonna go just go and start that pro career somewhere and get that going. Um, and if you're going to come back, then let's, let's sit down and really talk about what this role would be and how this could look. And um, it's probably not going to be 35 minutes a night, you know, that sort of thing. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see there there's, there's kind of a little bit of room, I guess that segue, I guess a little bit. Um, they got a little less crowded. McKenzie Mbappo asked out of his uh, national letter of intent. And so, it's still up in the air where he's going. I think there's been a lot of kind of chatter that he's going to stay in the ACC more than likely. Um, Ryan, when you saw that, did that come as a shock to you, come as a surprise to you? Obviously, we had awful timing. We just had Zion on here talking about uh, how excited he was <laughs> to watch McBacco. So that didn't really didn't really pan as well. But for you, was that out of the blue? Did you kind of see that coming or what were your takeaways? Yeah, I was shocked by it. I had no indication leading up to it that anything was going to happen or that there was any issues behind the scenes with it. Um, disappointed. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think I would be way more disappointed if we didn't return the three guys that were returning. Um, 100%. He, he's a high-volume guy. He's not the most... And I love Mbako. I'm, I I hope he goes and plays really well. Um, I'm not as high on him as most, but like I, he's a great player. He's going to have a long NBA career. Would have loved to have him. Um, but from just like an efficiency standpoint, a volume standpoint, like he was going to take shots away from a lot of guys, including Flip and and Proctor. Um, and I think I would, I, like it's it's like ah well like that sucks. He's gone. Like it would have been nice to have him. He would have gone off for 25 plus in a couple of games, but. I think him leaving isn't the end of the world for Duke with with what they return. Now, if we didn't return Proctor or Flip, I would have been like, oof, like where's the scoring going to come from next year? Right. Um, and that that would have been a problem. But it's it's a very weird situation to lose a McDonald's All American, uh, five star player with the potential that he has, and just kind of be like, eh, like yeah. <laughs> any other year, I feel like we ne we wouldn't or I wouldn't react like that. But this year, it's kind of like doesn't sound like it was going to work out for either side and what's best for Mbaco is what's best for Duke. So let's let bygones be bygones and hopefully he doesn't go off when he plays us or potentially plays us. Yeah. That's kind of pretty much what we said too. I mean, for the most part was uh, it, it felt weird to like, it was almost like, shouldn't I be more concerned about this? Like I feel like I should <laughs> right. be, but I'm, I'm not because we have three, five stars that return basically. So anytime you get yeah. that, I think it, it helps mitigate a little bit. It also um, helps that, um, we have like three guys of kind of roughly his size and stature mm. on the lineup yep. with Mitchell returning and you've got power and you've got Stewart. So you've got like three guys yep. in that kind of six, seven, six, eight range. It could probably be pretty switchable defenders, big bodies. So I think that's something too, that factors in. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm um, very excited for power. I don't think he's at like the same full on playmaker level as, um, as in Baco, but he played in the NEPSAC, which is a very competitive league up in the Northeast. They're the same league that flip came from. They know each other. Like I'm very high on power. Um, I, I think I don't, I'm not saying he's going to step in and, and score 15 a night, but, um, his potential I think is, is as good as anybody's that's coming in this class.
Yeah. And you don't, I don't want to lose a guy like that. Right. Like I want to get him a few minutes or get him, make him feel like he's a part of this thing because sophomore yep. power or sophomore Stewart or whoever, if we can get some of these other guys from this class, um, you really start to build something. And he seems like a guy that's just going to be a perfect college player. Um, yeah. Big fan of, For big sure. fan of, of power. Well, let's talk a little bit about the class. We've kind of already hit on it. Um, so we have, you know, a pretty dynamic class, even without Mibako. You got the guards and McCain and Foster. You got the forwards and Stewart and Power. How do you see that kind of playing out with who we got on the roster? Uh, is there any kind of expectations that you have for any of these? Do you see any of these guys as a one and done candidate? What, what are you kind of looking for in this group? Yeah, it's. I think I'm just really interested to see how Stewart fits into this into this group because, like, he and he's a very high motor guy. He ended up at Montverde getting put on the bench as a sixth man, which is to me coming to Duke like shows that he's just willing to accept any role that he's going to be put in and his, his ego is going to be set aside, which is awesome. But just how John and the staff utilizes him, I think that's going to be one that Duke fans right away might be one of those like November, December. What's going on with Stewart? Why aren't we seeing Stewart? Why isn't he being used this way? It's just they got to figure it out. Like Duke hasn't had a guy with this motor. I, you could probably compare his motor to, to Mitchell on defensive end, but he's got a, he got a vertical that's I would assume is much bigger than then Mitchell's he's a certified rim protector at six, eight. Like he, like he blocks shots <laughs> yeah. like, like better than most bigs do. So sorry, certified was the wrong word. Cause he's like, he's not the classic rim protector, but a guy who can bounce and, and get up there and, and block shots. So um very excited to see him and how he's used. But the one we already touched on him is foster who I'm the highest on coming in right now. Uh, just how he, how his game transitions, obviously getting snubbed from the all-star game and then going on in California and winning, I believe it was his, state championship or something like it there. Their high school systems all wonky that I, I can't follow very well, but um, put on a really good postseason performance there. Um, and like you said, plays with a chip on his shoulder, Bronny James getting selected over him. And then he just goes mm -hmm. off against Bronny James every time he play, every time he plays. Mm -hmm. And so I'm um, looking forward to that. And then also, I think the, the big thing that a lot of Duke fans uh, don't talk about is Guys who come into Duke who are supposed to be certified shooters and shot makers, which is what McCain is, and sometimes they seem to struggle right off yep. the rip and don't always really get it back. I'm not comparing to Jaden Shoot. I think he's a better shooter and better all-around player, but another guy who like you bring in to just make shots and hope maybe their freshman year they can kind of find a spark and they get a group going and that can carry him throughout a um, a couple month spurt in the season and we just didn't get that last year and hopefully I just hope he finds a shot early and it stays and he doesn't lose confidence because that can really kill a freshman coming into it um, so yeah. super excited for him just hope those shots fall right away man otherwise it can get can get ugly yeah and it's hard man we've had shooters like that right like Matt Jones, yeah, Matt Jones was yeah. awful as a freshman Kennard was not good a shooter and we know that these guys are good shooters yeah. you know and so sometimes it just doesn't translate for whatever reason to the college game um at least right away yeah usually it's like year two where you see them yeah. really kind of figure out their shot i think it's probably just the uh the pace of the game is a little bit too much yeah, yeah. uh big defenders yeah. closing out on them you know you got a longer three-point line too so if you're a good shooter that shouldn't matter but yeah canard and jones are the ones that came to mind yeah i don't think luke yeah. touched his hair enough his freshman year <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that the problem well he played well he just couldn't make threes he just wasn't shooting threes yeah it was yeah he did hit the big one against carolina though in the corner so i'll give him that i'll, I'll always take that one um yep. so yeah that it should be interesting to see i think there is a lot of um intrigue around the class i think for the first time in 
God, probably seven years since about 2013. We're not really relying on the class to be great, yeah. you know, at least not great right away. Um, and so that part to me, I think, gives us the biggest cushion, gives you the most room, um, should be fairly deep. Again, I mean, you're probably talking about, you know, eight guys who are going to play, but 10 who probably think that they should or that maybe deserve some time. So that always creates a little bit of competition. Um, I think we had that this year a little bit. You heard a lot of like how hard practice was. We had kind of gotten away from that for a while there. Um, I'm a big fan of that personally, of just kind of letting these guys get in there and really just go after it. Um, but you know, I, I would also be okay if we didn't have a dude break his foot and another guy kind of get the shipping points <laughs> in the first two weeks of practice. So maybe dial that back, ease into it a little bit before we yeah. start doing the 10 ladders, you know, let's, let's, let's build up to it. Um, but, uh, well, you know, we kind of hit on it a little bit, Ryan. Um, what, what are you thinking of? There's been a lot of talk about the portal, uh, and the portal is kind yeah. of this like, like wasteland, this no man's land of just chaos and blank checks and bounce checks. And like, it's very mercenary and a uh, bunch of back channel stuff. But, but outside of any of that one, do you think if you, if it was up to you, would you go and add anyone from the portal? Would you stay with this team? And if you are going to go out there, who are you looking for? What type of player would you go get from the portal? Yeah. Yeah. I've said it a few times on Twitter that like, I, I'm not, I don't think Duke needs to add anybody right now. Can they, and it can take them from one level to the next? Sure, but it needs to be the right guy. I think if if Shire really wants to add a rim protector, it can't just be, I'm just going to be honest with you, it can't be Caden Shed- Shedrick from Virginia just because we need a big. It can't just be a body to be a body. Um, I don't think the personality fit was right there from a couple guys that I talked to, and and the visit the visit that he went on wasn't an ideal uh, ideal situation, it seemed like. <clears throat> and so I think, and I, I think that shows the, co- the coaching staff isn't just going to bring anybody in to bring a body in um which to me is promising <clears throat> um but yeah i would i personally just knowing the the way the season went last year flip had lively to to depend on behind him and he could kind of go to work at the four i personally would be just fine with mitchell at the four and flip at the five and um but people may bring up a great point foul trouble could become a thing with some bigger with some bigger guys down low and you don't want one of your best scores to have to be in foul trouble night after night and getting beat up more possibly more than flip did last year uh playing the four so i would like to see them add a big but it needs to be the right fit that guy needs to understand his his role understand that um there's going to be nights where <clears throat> ryan young's gonna be the one that gets more minutes Duke fans might not like that, but it's just going to be the case. Um, and you might not be the guy. And so somebody who can protect the rim has a high motor and just can put that ego aside. I think that'd be a good fit for Duke. Now, I don't think there's anybody like that in the portal right now. Uh, I've been told maybe after some of these guys get draft feedback, that might change, mm-hmm. but uh not going to name names because I don't think it's fair to talk about guys who aren't even available. Sure. So um I would love to add one, but I, I don't, I'm not going to be devastated if we don't. Yeah. And I think for me, and something me and Marvel have talked about a lot too, is it's, it, it's like everyone wants the big, but it's like not the context, right? To me, it's not like I'm okay mm-hmm. with what Flip does at the four. I think that's fine, but it's when you add Flip and Mitchell together and adding a big and pushing Mitchell back to that three is what I don't like as much. You know, it's like what that does, what that dynamic does. Um, you know, and you're right. It has to be the right kind of guy, because if not, I mean, we've just kind of made the case here for, well, 
could Stewart and Power not give us like a combined 15 minutes? You know, like Young's probably going to give you 10 to 15 minutes. Well, that's 25. Can Flip not play 20 minutes at the five and 15 minutes at the four or, or whatever mm-hmm. there? And you're kind of covered. Now, granted, you got some foul trouble, but you got a Christian Reeves too that could give you a couple minutes if maybe you need it. To me, what changed a little bit is when we heard about the double hip surgery and all of that. And then it's like, okay, well, if we're talking about maybe injury protection or just like letting guys kind of ease in and not having, not needing flip to be an alpha um, all the time, then sure. It makes sense there. But again, you got to create buy-in. This isn't the NBA, even with NIL, these guys aren't millionaires. They're not out there just sure. You know, you can pay me whatever and I'll just kind of be down this Haslam over here until I just drop out, but it's not like that. So I think you have to be careful. Um, and I think John and the staff are definitely doing their due diligence. I don't even know if we've actually offered anyone. So it, it's kind of this, uh, wait and see approach, but, um, sounds like you're tracking kind of along with us. If there's a big there that can do something unique, but it can't just be a body, you know, if you can yeah. if uniquely, not just so much unique, but elite, like what Lively was doing was elite, you know, like the ability to defend in space, the ability when guards turn the corner on a pick and roll to just turn right back around that, that you can't just find that. Right. And like, that's something that you just can't go out and plug and play. Um, you know, I mean, I know we've just had Mark, uh, Mark Williams and then followed by Derek Lively, but it's not the norm. <laughs> It's not the norm. Not every big guy can do it. Bagley definitely didn't do it. And he's that size, you know, so it's, it's, it's nuanced. Yeah. It's funny to me. And I'm interested in your guys' take on that too, because Duke hasn't had like seven foot rim protectors every single year for the past decade. Like, I don't know. Duke fans just fell in love with it the last two, last three seasons, really. And, yeah. and I, I don't personally think it's necessary in college basketball to have that. If you look at three out of the four final four teams, granted the, the one that did win it with Sonogo had somebody like that, but three out of the four final four teams didn't have a seven foot guy that could, that could uh, protect the rim. Oh, did, San Diego State might have, but regardless, like there is a couple Final Four teams, you don't have to have that rim protector on every team yeah, look at Miami. to make it that far. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Miami, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And in Florida Atlantic was almost the same way. So, um, for for the majority of their roster, but regardless, like I'm for it, but I don't think it's it's a necessity. Um, and like you said, the, you hit a great point with with Flip coming off the the hip double hip surgery, like. Dude, that's a huge feat to come back from, and I can't imagine like his. He played through obviously hip injuries throughout the season or later in the year, um, if that's what they're going with right now. So he his body went through that mostly playing the four. Imagine what's going to happen if he goes to the five, like, and then coming off of that type of um, major surgery. Uh, but the other one, I'm curious your guys' thoughts because it's something that I don't have any connections with or any word about. But the what the staff thinks of Reeves and his potential, because I, I get people screaming at me and the mentions about, Oh, we have like Reeves. I believe in Reeves, Reeves this. And he in highlights and stuff. And in his super garbage minutes, he looks pretty legit, but I don't have I any insight as to like, can, can we bank on him for eight to 12 minutes a game at that five spot? If we don't get one, like is the staff comfortable with that? He's obviously going to be coming off ankle surgery, which he'll have plenty mm-hmm. of months to recover from, but still like, that's the one a question mark that I, I still don't know if I have the answer to. I don't think he would kill you. I mean, he's just going to do, right. you know, defensively be kind of, he's not going to be lively, but he's a big body down there. And he's not somebody you're going to throw the ball to in the, you know, in the post and, you know, watch him do a, a back down hook shot. He's not going to do anything like that. So he's not going to, I don't think he would hurt us any in any way. 
So mm-hmm. I don't see why he couldn't play a couple minutes yeah. here there, you know, in, in those situations. To me, he looks like he moves pretty well. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's the main thing. If I'm putting in a seven-footer there beside um, Flip, he's got to move well. Yeah, I think for me, it's um, it, it depends on what you want from Reeves. I think he could be a body for us. I do think, and this is really weird, but the more that I've watched him, I actually think he's got – He's he's further along on the offensive end than he is on the defensive end for me in terms of what he's looking to do. I mean, he's getting putbacks, he's rim running and doing stuff like that. Uh, some of the defensive kind of just awareness and instincts aren't obviously they're not lively, but they're just maybe not quite up up to par yet. That doesn't mean he can't get there. Um, but I, I mean, if we're just talking about five to eight minutes or like, hey, Flip picks up his third in the first half, like we need you to get in there. He's looked serviceable last year. So I don't see know. why we just don't trust some of these guys. You know, and, and I'm not one of those people in Ron's mentions. I don't, you know, get all in <laughs> like that. But, um, you know, like Justin Robinson, you know, he's a, a no star recruit or whatever walk on that we had for four years. But by the end of it, like, I mean, I don't know if you guys, I know Josh remembers Justin Robinson was killing it for us. Yeah, he's a 40% yeah. three-point shooter with like an 18% block rate. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't yeah. play him. Don't yeah, play yeah. him. For, you know, years, for years, yeah. every time he would get in the game, I know it's garbage time and I know the opponents were bad, but he would immediately hit a three and block two shots within like three <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, every time. That's probably like the, honestly, the, like his, that senior season, like if they don't get cut short with COVID, like that has to be the wild, like this is short-term memory, but like some of the most wild spurts of basketball by one player in a Duke jersey that I've yeah. seen in my yeah. lifetime of being a Duke fan, like just out of nowhere, just like just like even just even when he was playing well how he did it was so unathletic looking that like it's like how is this happening at a division one level <laughs> and then at duke against the you it, it made no sense to me I still don't get it, but you're right like, you can see yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, but like and a lot of them were bank shots but it's like well damn it if you make 30 of them then at some point <laughs> you just can make bank threes right like yeah. at some point that's just what you're what you do um but yeah, but the thing so, with Reeves, like, the thing with Reeves is last season going into it, um, there was some hype around how Reeves was playing this last summer, and then in the Houston scrimmage, I think Derek was out for that, and there was some buzz about how Reeves had played, and I had even heard rumblings that like NBA guys at that scrimmage or, or that had been watching film and stuff were impressed mm-hmm. by him, and so I'm not saying he should have played last year in any means, but he he did get to practice for a full summer and a full season with Derek Lively and Ryan Young. Those are two able-bodied guys to both throw at you a couple different things, so I would assume that improved there it's just gonna be a matter of like how much trust the staff has this season in him and who knows man maybe they're not looking at anybody in the portal right now and they're just like hey we got reeves we're gonna yeah. try him out and see what happens yeah well he's got two great skills that will that will be there he runs the floor like really really yeah. well and he's got good hands mm-hmm. and so if you can catch and you're a rim runner and you're a lob threat and you're gonna run the floor hard to me that's like two-thirds of what we're looking for from a big guy right so you know um we'll, we'll see to come back to what Ryan was saying, um, you know, there's more than one way to make a good defense. Like uh, the Duke fans may have fallen in love with the seven foot shot blocker over the last few years, but that's yeah. not the sole requirement. You know, it sure helps to make your defense good if you have somebody like that, but there's other ways we can construct a good defense. And to me, if the offensive trade off is good enough, then even if you slip a few spots on defense, if you yeah. open up the floor, it could be worth it. Yeah, 
for sure. Um, cause we were not good offensively this year. <laughs> right. Like, that's Which probably... that's another point, like not to like change this topic, but like, that's another big question going into next season is if that like offensive ability and at the end of the season, it got, it became better, but yep. man, we struggled like no other to score the basketball last season. And, um, Mbako was probably going to be one of the guys you could say, no, he'll come in and help our offense. Like Foster, sure. McCain is supposed to shoot the ball really well, but like Stewart's not going to go out and average 15 to 20 a night. Like he's just a high motor guy. So I'm very interested to see if the offense can keep the momentum up that they had later in the season. Um, because if not, I don't know if our defense is going to be the, as good as it was last year. So yeah. that's something else to watch too, is if the offense gets off to a better start. I think a little banking on we're banking on internal improvements, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Like Proctor for the last month or two of the season shot around 40% from three. That makes a huge difference when you're not shooting 8% or whatever you started the season hmm. as. Great point. Um, yeah. Great point. So, you know, and assuming Filipowski, you know, I know it kind of hurts that he's not able to practice over the summer, but assuming he makes improvements as well, that alone with the three returning players could be enough to kind of boost our offense or make it start off better. Yeah. Great point. And I think, Great you know, point. and I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm bad about doing this too, but the one thing I would just maybe not caution, but I think it's worth throwing out though, is as fans. And again, this is the off season. So it is the time for false hope and irrationality and all of these things, right. To be super optimistic, but we do have this tendency though, to like think that all of them are going to have this linear improvement together at the same time simultaneously. And that's just not really how it works. Like, Sure, they might could get better, but like maybe Mitchell just kind of like put a Justice Winslow and shot way over what he really is. And like that comes back down with higher usage or, you know, whatever that that is. It's kind of unlikely that like Proctor turns into SGA, Mitchell becomes Siakam, Flip becomes Dirk, Roach becomes Senior <laughs> Quinn. Like not all of those things are going to happen, right? Like, and if they do, yeah. then we're probably going like 38 and two and it'll be a great year. But... <laughs> It's it's not super likely, but I think you are hoping at least for a few of those guys um, to make that step. And I'm with Raul. To me, it's Proctor. This is the guy. Like, if it was me, I would run it kind of like an NBA front office and be like, Proctor, should we get anybody from the portal? Who do you want? Like, what about this dude? Do you want? Do you see yourself <laughs> running pick and roll with him? Nope. You want a shooter on the wing instead? Sorry, sorry, dude. You got to go. Like. That's who I would really build the team around just in terms of what he can do and maximizing that. But that's just my preference and how I like to watch the sport play. Um, but I do think, you know, hopefully you're going to get some of those, you know, freshman to sophomore is usually a pretty, pretty good jump. By the time you kind of hit that junior to senior and you usually kind of you just are who you are a little bit more in that regard. Um, so, you know, and Proctor being a little bit, a little younger anyway, coming across maybe. Maybe that yeah. does something else. But um, before we wrap up here, let's let's do a little bit of prediction talk for, for the upcoming year. Um, so, you know, as, as we head in, we've obviously just talked about it. There's going to be a lot of hype. I think we're already sitting in anywhere from I think I've seen this anywhere from like two to four in these preseason kind of talks. Um, you know, like we mentioned last pod, you don't have to look far to see what preseason number one does for you. Not a whole lot. Right. So what are you looking for in terms of next season, in terms of if you were kind of making a prediction, um, you don't not necessarily have to go like win loss here, but are you looking for a regular season an ACC title? Are you looking for a tournament title? Are you expecting a final four? What's the measuring stick for you in terms of success or disappointment next year? 
Yeah, that's, that's a great way to put it. Um, I, I follow the ACC as close as I can being half a country away um, from all the stuff that's going on down there. But I, I don't think an ACC team has the potential that Duke has going into next season. I'm not too scared about Carolina and the additions they've made so far. So far, I should say. None of the teams in their additions scare me. If anything, a lot of like the subtractions from teams like Syracuse, uh, North Carolina, obviously, Louisville. I mean, they're still – they've had some additions, but they lost Ellis and they're um, – looking to add more obviously but there's not really like Miami lost Wong uh, these guys are going to pull in um, some some talent but I, I think a ACC regular season title isn't out of the realm now granted Duke doesn't have a great history with that over the last 10 to 15 years but um, just some consistency and getting the the identities in early um, this team on paper has the potential to be a final four team I, I'm never going to set in April of the year prior expectations of a final four for the following April, because a lot of stuff can happen, but I just don't see how that's not out of the realm of possibility when you bring back the guys that you bring back and surround it with talent that I think fits the mold very nicely. Um, And then you bring back probably Roach and, and young from a um, senior leadership perspective. I think that's, that goes a long way as well. And I know from talking with guys that Ryan young is very well respected amongst the, amongst his peers in that locker room, which is, can't uh, can't be stressed enough. So um, yeah, I, I'm looking for an ACC regular season title because that shows consistency throughout the season and that this team kind of figured it out. That'd be my goal right away. Um, and then yeah, sky's the limit from there. Yeah, I think that tracks. I mean, I think for me, it would be it's so hard with the way the NCAA tournament is, and even with the regular season, the way the unbalanced schedule is. Like, who knows mm-hmm. who's going to get the double, like the home and homes with such so and so, or only has to play so and so on the road, or whatever um i think for me it's a logical kind of expectation to get a top three seed to to have a second weekend appearance right whether that's week 16 a week eight or beyond you got to get that second weekend at least for me um and then i think the final one and maybe what i'm looking for the most is you can't get blown out four or five times that's gotta that that part's gotta stop right you can't have these 20 pieces just getting kind of like handed to us it was okay last year super young group new coach now you got guys coming back that have experienced that before to me it's time to be like whoa 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 we can do one of those a year maybe two you know pnc and raleigh just go ahead and book that as a 25 point l our i expect it every year coming in i'm looking forward to it i don't even watch that game hardly anymore it's just a guarantee that's gonna be the one but we can't have five of those things you know that's when it's like oof not used to that. Um, so for me, that that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, the tournament's such a crapshoot. Chu says it all the time, too. If that's the only way you can have a good season, we've only had five. You know, and it's just a... My biggest thing for it is just give us the Charlotte pod, the Greensboro pod, whatever. I want to stay in, in the state. I'm, you know, I, I don't know how, how it all worked out this last year. I mean, uh, you know, beating Virginia, then beat Miami to win the ACC tournament, and then ended up getting shipped to Orlando. It was just like Those they gave Virginia up. the four, they gave us the five. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Yeah, no, so, well, and Virginia validated that right away, right by just literally. stinking it up. You know, like whatever. Um, but yeah, that, that's a, we have some really weird like early round seedings that's like I'm not a fan of. But you know, this this final four is in Phoenix. Is that right? This is the coming up one in oh, Phoenix. God. Yeah, Josh and I, I had so. yeah. had Final Four tickets for that one last time. Yeah, I won't talk about that. We bought those in what April. Was the last of the year. time it was in Phoenix, 
2017. Well, that was the Tatum, yeah. Josh oh. class, and all of that. Yeah. Josh and I, wait, the day wait. Grayson announced you were coming back, we're like, Final Four tickets. We got Tatum, <laughs> we got Jones, we got Allen. And we lose to South Carolina by about 140, <laughs> and Carolina wins a title. Like the worst at case South scenario. Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Oh, worst case man. scenario. Um, well, Ryan, we appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, just real quick before we get you out of here, you want to plug anything you got going on? Where can the people find you? Where can they follow you? Talk to us. Yeah, at the Duke Nation on Twitter uh, is where you can mainly find me anytime. Uh, content gets slow this time of year, but I try to stay up to date with everything. Like today, uh, Duke was it was released not released but announced from somebody I forget it Rocco something that Duke's going to be in a multi team or host a multi team event next year. So just I cover all the stuff that you you need for for Duke news. Um, trying to get into Duke football, uh, that's slowly but surely happening. But I can't can't promise anything there. Falls a busy season for me back uh, up here in the Midwest. But, but um, yeah at the Duke nation on Twitter. And I love interacting with people. My DMS are open. I, I love Duke fans. They're a very passionate fan base and I love talking to them and getting everybody's opinion. So yeah. it's been fun. And I appreciate Easy you guys now. having me on. Easy now. Careful what you wish for over there. <laughs> true. Right? Yeah. True, um, true, true, <laughs> true. No, but uh, we appreciate it again. This is our 75th episode. So just kind of want to thank all of you all for, for continuing to support that. You know, obviously you can email us at the devil's pod at gmail.com. Um, find us on the boards, the devilsden.com. You can find us on Twitter at devilsdenpod247. Um, I think that's about all of the plugs that we got. You can follow Shu out there if you want to. He's working. He's working in there somewhere. Um, Raul is even on there now. We're all in the Twitterverse. You know, that's just, that's where it's at now. Um, Shu, you want to plug yours? Go ahead. Let's get you. No, I was just saying, I'll just linger on Twitter, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, still I see Shu tweeting, man. I've been following you for I, a minute now, and I see you I've had, tweeting and giving comments. I love it. I've had a, like a Twitter for probably a decade. I'll probably have a hundred tweets, <laughs> but you know, yeah. I, I remember I signed up for it just to follow recruiting. I was like, all right, the kids are on this Twitter thing. I still don't understand it. I'm not an old man, you know, get off my lawn yet, but I, yeah, Twitter's yeah. not not quite my thing. I'm king. Yeah, I'm king of the. I'm king of the drive by. Just make a comment <laughs> and then never check my <laughs> notifications because I don't want to get sucked into the argument. I don't blame you. And now all the yeah. kids are on Instagram, man, and that is like impossible for me to follow because they'd like some of these Twitter accounts are following these guys with like Instagram notifications on and everything. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I got I can't too much. Deep into it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah. Too much going on. I did tweet out to coach Carewell though. I still need that jacket. So if you're out there, Dave, somebody, I need one of those brotherhood the jackets. Yeah, yeah. We can keep it on the low. I'll pay for it. I just need it. So whatever we have to yeah. do to make that happen. But, um, Hey, yeah. and let me plug one more thing. I, I did yeah, yeah. start a TikTok this season, the Duke oh. nation on TikTok. Um, <laughs> it's nothing fancy yet. I've like, it's only when I'm like laying, in bed at night bored that i'll like try to throw an edit together or something and i'll remember it that and now uh, we're du the duke nation on instagram as well i run that halfway with another guy and he does a really good job with that so nice. literally instagram tiktok twitter we're on it all um it's weird saying that as a 30 year old dad but we're is it just a loop of spin man. moves and head fakes right yeah it's it's like it, i feel i literally made my last tiktok and it airport over the weekend and i just felt so cringy doing it like it's like a john cena viral thing where he has his headphones on and it's like dancing to every time we touch it playing cameron and it got like 400 views and i'm like sweet like i'm so cool like this is stupid nice <laughs> just so nice. cringy man yeah yep. welcome to middle adulthood right here we here we right. are we've arrived 
Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get out of here. Hopefully, like we've said, you know, the off season, not, we don't do a consistent schedule. We're trying to kind of stick with at least, I think two a month is our goal so far. We've been doing one a week. Um, you know, the news cycle has kind of died down a little bit. So I would expect we'll probably come back sometime. The portal closes up kind of soon and there's probably going to be Bombs a lot of movement up. there towards yeah. the end. So we'll come in and, and talk about all that stuff. So, um, you know, in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe, five stars, nice comments. Keep the faces strong and the verb high. Go do it.